0: The Craggy Rugby Podcast The Zebra Home Match Edition I'm Alan Deegan and I've got William Davis and it uh, looks like going might be a nice night after all that rain earlier on, William Yeah, the
1: crowd started piling in now it was uh, it was pretty empty here 20 minutes ago I think but the weather has hopefully passed because there was a shower rain here but the pitch is a little soft but both teams have gone through their warm up and we're all set to go. It's uh, ex Conic coach Michael Bradley, two ex Conic players Rory Paradig here in Gaffney. It's a big night, Conic need a win here, uh, first of all, and then in all honesty, they probably need a bonus point as well. It's time of the season to be collecting points, so let's see how they
0: go. Yes, indeed, and best of luck to Rory Paradig and Kieran Gaffney, but let's hope that they. Um, don't play too well and kind of get the one we need we'll talk again on 20 minutes
2: again Zebri quick to just get those offloads going along and trying to make that half break Connacht though making their tackles 12 metres inside the Connacht half of the field ball's come out to Carlo Canna and he's made another little half break he is a, a nifty out half and hard to take down
3: <clears throat> he's quite elusive isn't he they're, uh, they're tur- he's turning the defenders and uh, they're making hay now
2: Vendetti with a lovely inside pass and Zebra have made 15 trading metres and now they're going to go in underneath the post Yami Morelli is going to score Di Julio, the right winger came in off his line and that is an absolute wonderful try from the visitors really for a simple move off two passes they have carved Connacht up yeah
3: but the right winger broke two or three tackles on his way through there Rob that's very poor defending by Connacht they'll be furious about that absolutely furious that was eminently stoppable but it's a great piece of play from Zebre and doesn't lack ambition they've come to play and good luck to them uh, Connacht will really want to knuckle
0: down just coming up to 20 minutes and Zebra leads 7 points to 3 not good
1: yeah it's been a very uh, average 20 minutes I think by both sides but Zebra have just scored a nice try there a um, lot of mistakes quite stopping and starting nasty injury to uh, Kieran Gaffney Connacht really um, not at the races they're not, not on the money at all at the moment they need to up it significantly they look a little bit uh, just off the pace and Zebre have looked um, pr- pretty pretty well put together pretty tight they have given away a lot of penalties which might uh, haunt them at some stage but um, oh, yep Connacht!
2: put it up to Connacht alright
0: yep we'll talk again on half time
2: this is all breaking down a little bit from a Connacht perspective in terms of momentum and Zebre's defence has been very impressive so we will go back for the advantage
3: yeah and I'd be surprised if Connacht don't go for a scrum again
2: 40 minutes on the clock. We'll keep resetting those scrums until uh, there's a turnover, a score, or a a referee decision that would lead to possibly even more in terms of panty tries. Interesting call, though. I never. Joe, you look at perplexed by that neither of us contemplated the fact that Connick might take the three points they've
3: done so no um, uh, with the dominance they're enjoying at scrum time I really would have thought they would have gone for another put in it's only a matter of time before the referee's patience would wear thin they've coughed up several penalties now at the scrum zebra at this point and uh, nevertheless um, it's a certain three points he's under the posts and uh, dead in front 7 6 is probably alright at half time for them. Give them a chance to regroup.
0: Okay, William, it's half time. Connacht are behind six points to seven. Not a great game.
1: No. Very stop start. Connacht um, probably. Lucky they're not further behind. Yep. Looked a perfectly good try for uh, Zebre, but was pulled back correctly by the TMO on a forward pass that wasn't immediately obvious. So they've dragged their way back into it, but they're not playing well. And I would assume at halftime we might we might see some changes early in the second half, and I'm sure there'll be um, some new tactics and perhaps uh, uh, some tough words, a bit of tough love from Kieran Kane.
0: Yeah, hopefully have some better news on 60 Minutes
2: can they do from it Palazzani back it goes to Cana. there's an out overlap out there but Connick pushed up to try and close it off so they came back inside 12 metres from the Connick line backs trying to make it happen for his Ebre now after the forwards couldn't do it with the pick and go big moment for the underdogs here if they can get another try they can get confidence from it if Connick can get the stop maybe they can finally get some sort of go forward momentum Cana not a lot of options in the simplest layoff pass so he gives it out to Vendetti and Vendetti draws two defenders gives it to Giulio and he's in the corner Vendetti has made such an impact in this game since coming on early on and what a finish from Di Julio this is wonderful stuff from Zebra
3: it's very very competent play very patient build up great protection of possession from the mall sub- and then the subsequent uh, series of rocks, and eventually coming out wide scoring a wonderful try wide in the corner and Connacht are reeling Rob they really are
2: 12 points to 6 lest we forget Joe they've already had a try disallowed as well so it could have even been worse
3: yeah and the the only (laughs) the only positive news is that it's very wide on the right and it may not suit this kicker he's just a step in from the touchline but it was a wonderful try and it was really positive
0: play from Zebra Mm. Okay, William just coming up to 60 minutes and Zebra have extended their lead they're now 12 points to 7 ahead and well worth that lead that would
1: even be 12 points to 6, Alan. Oh, indeed. Don't worry that. We'll get on uh, they are well worth their lead. Uh, they've been very aggressive. They're running very hard lines. They're working very hard. Connacht just can't get anything going, can't get any accuracy. Issues of the line-out. Made a few changes now. They're starting to clear the bench. They're obviously still within striking distance, but um, this is a very dif- difficult night now. This 20 minutes is going to tell us quite a bit about where this team is.
2: Full conic line-out then. Can they at least get the ball to the man at the front? They can. Can they get the all set? They can. Looks like an advantage, I think, is the handout for that. The ball goes to ground. Another pick and go from John Muldoon. Three Zebre players meet Zebre down to fourteen men now. Will this be whipped out? A carry from Dave Heffernan. He stopped about two meters shy of the line. Another bit of pace on on the uh, on the next phase as they come around. It comes out to Marmion. Marmion gets out to Peter Archie, Arkey gets one more pass away, and Daryl Leader scores Connacht's first try of the game in the seventy-third minute. Connacht are back in it.
3: Well there's certainly uh they're certainly going to be hoping this kick goes over, brings it back to a one score game if he manages it. Um, it's well within his remit, but it's a fine try by Connacht. They just hope they haven't left it too late.
0: And that's full time, and listen full to the crowd.
3: To the it's Connacht 11, Zebra
2: 19.
0: Probably the worst display I've seen from a Connacht team in five years.
2: Yep,
1: that
4: was dismal. Zebra.
1: And uh, well done, Zebra. They played really well, they stuck to their task. They give away a lot of penalties, which might have been yellow carded a bit earlier. Referee should have been aware of that, but
5: uh,
1: it was a a good effort by them. Connacht just have to go away and have a long, long think about that. It'll take quite a while to analyse that. And they've obviously then got to get on a plane and go to Italy and go to South Africa. Um, That was really awful. It was... Partly due to some good play by Zebre, but a lot of it was self inflicted. And there was no cohesion, there was no accuracy. The line out absolutely collapsed. And well, Zebre's first ever winning goal, right? Third time in a row they've beaten us. And um, to the victor of the spoils, it's their night. Kieran, appreciate you haven't had time maybe to analyse that game in great detail, but. How frustrated or disappointed with the performance are you on the team?
6: Yeah, uh, heads down and the changing room's alright. Um, you know, and I'm sure they're disappointed with what happened. Um, we were beaten by a better team tonight. They rattled us and, and got underneath our skin a bit. Which is pretty, pretty good of them. Uh, wasn't too great for our boys to allow it to happen so yeah it's a tough date
1: is the frustration that you weren't that they weren't able to fix it that once they got rattled they, it seemed to permeate through the whole side for, for the for nearly all of the game
6: yeah well, they didn't really play much football did did we in the first half so um, we were sort of playing by numbers a little bit and never really got into the game, whereas the opposition grabbed it by the scruff of the neck and and took it to us, Um, broke us down a bit defensively. Our attack was a little bit tame. After half-time, we thought we'd addressed a few issues, um, but we came out and made some more early mistakes, let them back into it. And I think our confidence dropped, and then our line-out broke down lost confidence up front, and that sort of permeated through the group.
1: Is part of the problem perhaps that Connacht usually beat Zebre in Galway? It's the first time they've ever won here. Does that maybe get into players' heads beforehand?
6: Oh, look, I, I couldn't answer that because it's only the second time that I've been involved, So, and we've been beaten both times, and funnily enough, uh, pretty average both times, weren't we?
1: And is that due to the way that Zebre played? They, they seem to be uh, a very, very cohesive unit, worked very, very hard this evening.
6: Yeah, I, I just thought they took their chances and, and chanced their arm um, and got reward for it, whereas we were very conservative early on. Um, didn't really fire a shot in that first half. Um, so, you know, I think we might have been lacking confidence and looking to others to to add a spark or something or something. it just it just wasn't there tonight unfortunately
1: And are you disappointed that they didn't con- Connick didn't continue on from where they were last week against the Ospreys which was a performance with a lot of vigour in it and a lot of determination
6: Yeah well, I thought against uh, Ospreys we showed a fair bit of character because we had so little possession um, uh, you know we I thought we were going to come back tonight um, you know especially at home and, the supporters behind, so I was looking forward to that. It. it didn't quite eventuate.
1: And when you break it down and start looking at the the issues that caused that, that, would they be fixable? You feel they'll, you'll have to.
6: Well, I think so. Um, like rugby, there's a lot of, a lot of attitude in, in rugby, and you know, um, if we start getting a few things right, that attitudinally, then. You know, there's nothing really wrong with our game per se. Um, we just got to have the confidence and the, and the aplomb to do it, to carry it out.
1: And a situation like the lineout, which, which which broke down, is that really a confidence issue, or is that a technical problem?
6: I would have to let, have a, a look at that. You know, like we were beaten in the air sometimes, and sometimes we were beaten on the ground. So. Um, so there's a number of other issues that would we'll we'll need to figure it out. But it just um, they read us and and we we started there right to the end.
1: And now you two games on the road. It's it's, it's a tour for Connacht. They're, they're playing Italy in Treviso next next weekend, and then and then they're going to South Africa. Is that an opportunity to, to to maybe take the players away from where they are here and and, and work on different things in a different environment?
6: Oh, touring's um, good fun. Like it's it's good for the boys to be together, and and they'll enjoy each other's company, I'm sure. Uh, but the backs are against the wall now, and um, and I think everybody knows that downstairs they're really disappointed and heads are down. Um, uh, we've we've uh, put a big hurdle in front of ourselves uh, again, unfortunately.
1: And is this an opp- is this a, an opportunity for the players to, to learn when their back is against the wall that it's <laughs> you, they've, people have people have got to start standing up now.
6: Yeah, look, um, you can't put too fine a point on it. Everybody's a little bit gutted by the by the performance, and um, it'll take a little bit of time to get over. Um, coaches, players, management, um, you know. But sometimes these things occur. Sometimes these hurdles uh, appear, and we just have to just have to get together, and stay tight, and rally around, and, and find a way.
1: And I suppose it's—is it better to be going into games now to to fix that? If, if say this was an end of a series of games, is it better to say, "Well, look, okay, we can get back on this horse next uh,
6: yeah.
1: next Saturday in uh, Treviso."
6: Well we have to, don't we? I mean there's no bones about it, um, we'll have to be at our very best and uh, it'll be very hard uh, uh, fixture away um, and they're a good side just like Zebra have been all season, uh, especially in the Pro 14 and then of course down to South Africa for, a, for another tough one, so you know, we're going to have to be brave.
1: Do you think they can be?
6: Yeah, of course.
1: Sean, it's good to see you back on the pitch this evening after that long gap. But that, that, was, a, that was a disappointing night for Connacht.
7: Yeah, um, I suppose personally I'm quite pleased to have got through 80 minutes. Um, that's about the only positive I can take out of the game. Really um, a disappointing performance, both personally and collectively. So, yeah, nice to be back and got, got through 80 minutes. But that's about the only positive from this evening.
1: Uh, started at, at at number eight. Were you surprised to be asked to start at eight, or
7: um, no? Uh, we talked about it, and it's a position I'd like to think that I'm able to to play in, and I have played it in the past. And uh, yeah, going forward, one that I would like to play in a bit more.
1: Coming back from a long injury break like that, um, and a, a lot of work. How how hard is it? I mean, the rehabilitation. You've just got to sort of stick at it every day. Does it become very tedious, or can you see a light at the end of the
7: tunnel to keep you going? Um, it is. It is very tedious. You know, it's. It's a, There's minor wins every day that you're seeing it, but improve in tiny, tiny bits. And you're doing the same. You're doing the same rehab day in day out. So it is very repetitive, but it's. It's rewarding in the fact that you see it improve. And I suppose it's. You're. you You are excluded, and you're on the outside of the team a little bit. But. I suppose working back to the goal of being back in here is is nice to be able to work to that and see it improve along the way. Two very
1: tough games coming up for Connacht now, and, and, and Kieran Kane has said there, there's a necessity to regroup and, and regroup fairly quickly.
7: Yeah, they're two must wins. Um, we couldn't really afford that loss tonight, and we're as a club we're aspiring to be there at the business end of the season. So if, we, if, if that's to be the case, we need two big wins.
1: Is there anything that you can put your finger on immediately as to what happened or is it something that you'll have to take a bit of time to look at?
7: I don't know, to be honest, Um, probably not. I think we were just outplayed today. I can't put my finger on it at the minute, but we just didn't get into our rhythm. We didn't get into our structure um, and we struggled and we were beaten by a better team. Um, So I haven't put my finger on it yet, but I'm sure when we look back on the video, we'll be able to pick out where we went wrong. They were were very aggressive, I, you know. And
1: I've seen Zebry here be very, very passive. But they were, they seemed really obviously they expected to be up for the game. But they, yeah. their intensity was there throughout. And maybe Connacht didn't adapt to it and couldn't fix the the errors as they happened.
7: Yeah, I mean, any team in this league brings a good intensity, um, and it's very disappointing for us not to be able to deal with that because you'd like to think that. We would bring our own level of intensity to a game and be able to match that and better it and it's particularly disappointing to to, to lose to lose that battle on our own, on our home patch so yeah very disappointing well,
1: I hope you're en route to to Italy and south africa it's uh, it's a it's a bit of an adventure but there you'll be looking to come back with something positive out of it
7: yeah um looking to come back with maximum points and that's it, really. That's the only goal. We need them badly, so hopefully we can achieve it.
0: Okay, welcome to the post-match section of the podcast. And I've got uh, Niall Packy Shield, I've got William Davis, and we've got a Redditor, Emmett, is going to join us. We'll have Lindy joining us, hopefully, in a little while. She's, she's just finishing off her reports. I want to catch this before I forget. Thanks to sportsnewsireland.com for helping uh, promote the podcast. They're doing a great job for us. We're, we're getting a few more listens and hopefully we get a lot more. So thanks to those guys. So, William, what did
1: Kieran Kane have to say? Um, well, he's obviously very disappointed. Mm. Uh, I suspect he's very angry but he managed to not to show that so much Um, but I think that came as a bit of a shock I don't think Connacht saw that coming I don't think well I would like to think they didn't underestimate Zebra Um, but that's the first time they've ever won here it's the third time in a row they've beaten us he alluded to the fact that they'd lost to them in December in in, uh, Parma And the fact that there were similar sorts of games where Connick just could not get their game started. And I think he was pretty direct and he's really disappointed by it. He's obviously going to go away and analyse it. And I suspect it'll be a harsh video session on Monday. I think a few guys are going to be asked about why they did certain things. Because he alluded again to the fact that they were making things up. Uh, and were pl- that there was no there was no real script, and that the co- was the confidence was knocked out of them mm-hmm. by Zebre. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lineout collapsed. And Paki,
0: you reckon there was quite a few penalties given away?
4: Yeah, Zebre gave away twenty penalties in that game. Um, it's well, it's officially twenty. I think it was twenty-two though, um, and eighteen before they got their first yellow card. So, that's a cracking stat.
0: <laughs> it certainly is. Emmett, what are your thoughts on, on what you saw tonight? Uh,
5: it was, there was no aggression, there was poor handling. Um, last week, the defence coach, I forget his name at the moment, Peter Wilkins, right? Peter Wilkins, said that they defended 200 phases last week and uh, this week the defence was shocking stuff. It certainly was. Um,
0: yeah, that, that that they seem to, I, I don't think I've ever seen Connick give away that many clean line breaks, it just seemed to you just had to take your right eye off the game for half a second and Zebra were making a line break
1: I think, I think Zebra's aggression uh, was really noticeable and you talked about it during the game that they seemed to be running sort of two men almost running beside each other to either get Connick to take their eye off the correct person or just cause a bit of confusion by running a dummy line mm. but they were beaten up and Kieran Kane admitted that he said it. They, you know, he said they, it's. You can't always say that a team loses because they play badly. You've got to give credit to the opposition. Oh yeah. He also said in the interview, and I think there was a lot in that interview. it Was quite a short one. He expected them to be able to fix it. he Expected them to fix it at half time He thought in the first half they didn't fire a shot <clears> because they were too conservative. Um, but they almost when you watched it it became very panicky. There was bad decisions being made, tap penalty at one stage, there was just a lack of just a lack of, of what seemed to be a plan on the pitch. And a side like Zebre mightn't have a lot of very classy players, but when they work hard like that and you keep giving them the opportunity, um Tonight, they took it, and fair play to them. I agree with Niall. I, I really don't think it's acceptable for a side to, to get away with... And, and, and I'm not saying it would have made any difference in the game, but the referees are there to... Uh, the yellow card is there for a reason. Yeah. And essentially what happened was after penalty number 17, they got a warning, and a penalty 18 came the card. Now, that's poor, because they were trying to slow the game down, and they got away with it. They finished with 13 men, um, and the other thing is, we haven't heard her, um Kieran Gaffney is, but mm. we hope he's okay because that was that was a nasty incident. And then Rory Perata was the last guy to get a yellow card. And Michael Bradley walking up the the sand of the sports ground and he's walked on many times. He looked very happy at the end of that. They must be delighted. Oh yeah, like from from your point of view, Paki,
0: did you see anything like this coming?
4: Um, I don't know. Brad said his homework done anyway. Um, kept putting a ball back inside off Kenna and they just they made hay like we conceded I have it here 7 line breaks 11 turnovers 11 defenders beaten these are our defenders beaten Um, yet we had 62% possession and 60% territory we lost 6 lineouts and there was 11 missed tackles it was just phenomenally phenomenally bad bad game the only positive out of the game was that Sean O'Brien played 80 minutes and I would suspect Sean O'Brien wasn't supposed to play 80 minutes but uh, Owen Maston really had a poor game uh, worse than I've seen him play for a long, long time and uh, I think that, that just um, yeah, that just put paid to Sean being on the pitch for so long there is zero positives out of that game bear that
0: I'd agree and Linley has joined us how are you Linley? are you alright after that press conference?
8: I have a headache <laughs>
0: <laughs> OK, we'll give Lindley a second to, to get going. William, you wanted to say
1: something. Well, the old man of the match doesn't really do much for me. Mm. But tonight, George Biaggi, the captain, he had a phenomenal game for Zebre. He ran around for 80 minutes like a man possessed. He smashed things, he tackled things, he did a bit of organising. That was a proper man of the match performance. And it went to a forward. And I like to see forwards get in them because it usually goes to some fancy Dan back. <laughs> and I was never any use. I was never any use of rugby anyway as a player, but I certainly wasn't a back. And fair play to him. It was really there was a, there was something slightly different about this. And I, I know people are talking about how Italy are in the Six Nations. But something seems to be happening with Italian rugby, Now, it's about time. Yeah. Because they're 19 years trying this, but they seem now to have a bit of a structure in place. Michael Bradley at Zebra, Kieran Crowley at Treviso, who we're seeing next Saturday, mm-hmm. and boy, is that going to be one tough game uh, in that uh, rather picturesque little 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 ground in Treviso. Um, Connacht have got to they've got to get on this. They've got to get back on this horse and get at it quickly because. That, that that really is as bad as I've seen in a long long time and it was the fact that it ju- the, the longer it went on the worse it got
0: yeah yeah exactly Hamlet did, did you find anything that Connacht fans can be positive about tonight
5: <sighs> I'm, I'm yeah yeah actually thank you Lindley uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take That's that wrong, point yeah. the, the scrum is <laughs> was, was decent we at least uh, marched them back but uh, that was that was about it really um to see players back but they didn't perform particularly well so I suppose yeah that's about it the scrum was good so, Lindy, you've had
0: time to think now. What, give, give, us, give us anything to... well, Just give us your thoughts on the game.
8: Well, I suppose, you know, we have been forewarned. You know, we, we've lost to, to Zebra on the past two occasions. I think Pat Lamb lost there um, on his last season. Um, and that was the refixed one mm. that they should have lost well, but, anyway. for the, but for the Lightning. Um, and obviously, Kieran Keane lost there on his first visit over there um, last December. So we have been forewarned about their improving form I think Michael Bradley is obviously... That, that's been a growing confidence, and Michael Bradley has been able to harness that growing confidence a lot more. Um, their, their pack has always been good, but it's now much more structured and confident. Their handling is exceptionally good. Mm-hmm. Um, and their backs just seem to find carve-out space. And Connett's defence, well... I'm not really sure what we can say about the defence on this occasion because, speaking to to Peter Walkins, you know, in the press conference this week, they were well aware of the threat that these lads can, um, could 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 pose, I think a lack of, total lack of composure Mm -hmm. and a lack of, I think, um, it was a lack of control in so many aspects and that was another thing that Peter Wilkins turned around and said that this game was going to depend on control and who controlled the game and who controlled, well Connick could, not only didn't control the game but they couldn't actually control their own, you know, possession and their own phases. It was like, uh, you know, it was probably one of the worst performances I've seen from Connacht in a long time, and and that's that's kind of it's a little bit sort of disconcerting. Yes. When when I think that's the word disconcerting. When Connacht have been playing so well recently, I think it's almost like Connacht all like this. They just seem to lose confidence. They seem to not like the way that these Italian teams play. Sort of, you know, um, sort of these loose kind of games that they sort of love to play. Connacht don't really like that. Seem to like that at all. And I think that they're. They just didn't have the confidence, you know, particularly in the second half to, to take them on because they kept getting battered back anyway in most in most facets of play. And they were just eaten at the breakdown. They just, they just, they just, could, you know, they just couldn't actually even. Not only could, they couldn't get sometimes get their own ball, but they couldn't stop them at yes. any, you know. And I just think it's 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 a bit shell shocked. I'm shell shocked a little bit from it. I have to say, and I think they've shell shocked out on the pitch as well.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm just wondering. As is, is part of it, you know, we're, we were one of the items we were going to do tonight was, you know, just 24 players out of contract at the end of the season, and we're in contract signing season, and we're, we've heard hardly any news at all, and we're what you know, is is this part of it? Are have some players heard this week, maybe that maybe they're not playing? Or I don't know. They're, they're, I didn't, that was the least cohesive Connacht display from the very start. It was the least cohesive kind of display I've seen in a long time, and you just have to wonder where, where some guy's heads in, in other places.
8: I, I, I don't, I don't believe it's that at all. You know, players if they've, if they've got contracts, you know, coming up that they would be that might sort of focus the mind a little bit more so I don't think it has anything to do with that and I think even Kieran Keane uh, who was Peter Wilkins or Kieran Keane last week was talking about contracts wasn't he and he said that it's you know that will happen over time it's, it's an ongoing kind of thing and I don't think yes there's obviously going to be some players who are going to be conscious of contracts probably not too many of them were playing maybe tonight, I'm not sure but mm. but that, that, that could change that could don't change to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What
1: do you think, William? Yeah, it's a possibility I mean, it's a lot of players and it's you, you just don't know there was something not right tonight with that performance yeah. um, And that's from, from the very start this isn't as though it's sort of 20 minutes in it didn't start from the very start we were in trouble Yeah, you can, it's, uh, Emmett has said there that Connacht were on top in the scrums. There was a time, if you were on top in the scrums, you won 19 games out of 20. That's changed in rugby now. At times, being on top in the scrum means absolutely nothing. It's it's just the way it changes. And you're right, it was obvious from the first five, six, seven minutes, you thought, not not quite at it here. But I thought they'd fix it. Mm Karen Kane thought they fixed it, which is more important than me yeah. thinking that they fixed it. Fix yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. The players probably thought they fixed yeah. it, and then when they realised that they weren't fixing it, they panicked a bit, and then the confidence went. Now it's a bad time of the season to have a defeat like this. A defeat like this is not good at any stage, but we're in now to a serious. Every game now is very, very serious, and when you screw up one like this, it puts immense pressure, and it'll it'll see now how they stand up because they they're going to be squeezed. Um, I don't know It's, it's ne- next Saturday has huge connotations on it they're going to a side that's p- actually playing better rugby than Zebra, Treviso are seven 7-7 and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not getting quite as much praise uh, Kieran Crowley as, as, as he should be um, in the media because he's really settled that uh, team down and they've started to, to focus quite hard on the Pro 14 but it's an opportunity for Connacht they just have to take it and I'd be very interested to see the side he picks and I would love to be at the video review because yeah, I think we would learn a lot from that uh, but we won't be
8: I'd actually be quite like it if we were able to sit down with Connacht analysts and coaches as a group of media and and for them to actually go through things like that with us and yeah. I think it w- I think it would be a great learning because I'm quite willing to learn from
0: and it might help us to help them in that you know if we we know a little bit more technically about what they're looking for, um you know we can you know we can we can sort of speculate about what went wrong and what didn't go wrong, but we don't know what the systems are. Not saying that think, we should you know mean, all the systems
8: I think going over, the, think going over to, to zebra and South Africa uh, to Treviso and South Africa what always possible um bonus point. Picking up a bonus point, possibly. I think we could have. I think Connacht could have possibly lost those two matches, but had they beaten Debra. Zebra today, Zebra today, they and if Munster do a job on Cardiff, we would have been looking in a far better position. And you go over to Treviso, maybe pick up, maybe win, or pick up a bonus point. Go over to similar over there, and you're not. You're still getting a return, mm. but to not even get one return from a home match is quite startling.
0: Certainly is. I don't even know the last time we. Well, no, what am I saying? It was the start of the season. <laughs> we've, we've, we've lost games without getting a bonus point quite a few times in, in recent times, but certainly there's just something different about tonight, though.
8: I guess we do have to remember that we've lost. We, well, you know, you can talk about the Italians having their internationals, but we haven't really had our internationals, you know, as well. I mean, we've, I mean and when I say that, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about we don't have Bundy, who is always a huge, immense, immense presence in midfield and he does really take a leadership role there we don't have Turner or Holland either so if there's two key players um, you know in the in the backs for a start so you know we talk about the Italians missing players but I think you know we can say the same thing as well
0: We can indeed Have you anything to add Paki?
4: Um No just from that game there there's no, there is no positive it can't be dressed up as anything any kind of positive to come from it I'm struggling to think of worse performance over the last while. Zebre didn't have to do anything; they didn't have to care if open open anyway at all. The door was left open for them, and they they went straight through it. Um. Does they're going to have? I'm sure they're going to look at their performance. They're going to, you know, are we gonna, we're going to see a backlash um, we next hope. week. Yeah. Well, we hope we do. Um. But there's been too many of these sorts of games. Where it's been, where it's been, sort and the performance has just been extremely poor. You know, there's, you can't see anything from there today. You couldn't see any kind of game plan that they were trying, because they were just, they seemed to be just shoveling ball and just, just shoveling it on to the next guy, um, and that's that's all that was happening there today. I don't know. They're gonna to, it, going to have to. Something is going to have to change, though, they
8: couldn't seem to get any front football because they were up so quickly. That Connacht's, Connacht had no, they were like rushing, rushing their passes and rushing everything because they because they were up oh, so quickly. Brighid is homework done. Um, yes, and because Connacht couldn't win the breakdown and get on front football, I think that they were they were basically going backwards. And the last example of of that was, I think, when that last play uh, over in the the. College Road corner there when Connor actually started, I think, up inside the Zebra 22, and they ended up back over on their own 22, and they scored the try from it from the block down. Mm. They were just being pushed back the whole time, and maybe with I don't know was it the physicality of, of the entire squad that just couldn't cope with the physicality of the Italians?
4: We haven't, we didn't win a single collision today, mm. and throughout the season. We're coming off second best in all the colli- all the collisions that's that are happening on the pitch, so yeah, know, that's
0: a bit harsh. I don't think we've been doing that all season. Ser- no,
4: seriously, we, we have very rarely we've been we've been winning the collisions on the pitch. Last week was the same. Um, you know, there was a you know huge tackle counter I Just we're not the physicality. Just it doesn't seem to be there, and you know I don't know I don't know the reason behind us. Maybe we've never been a brilliant Brook team. And, uh,
0: no, but even so I, I, I think that's that's ours. There was certainly the monster game at home we, we won a lot of collisions that night um, there's been a few games where we've done at home I think we've been doing okay in collisions but certainly not tonight we played like the away team tonight
4: yeah but last week was the same we still didn't win any collisions last week we didn't get power over the game line very yeah. few we're, we're just not doing it and I, I really no, I really believe that I've, it's been a bugbear of mine all season and the same uh, towards the tail end of last season I started, started really noticing it a lot more we played a lot differently before I know this we're, we're going this way so um, but we're, you know things are going to have changed but like you're saying about the 24 signings I'm sure all the players know who's staying and who's going already but um, we certainly need an injection of quality
0: yeah I don't know where that comes, where that's going to come from William
1: um, well, we we'll have to wait and see. I suppose I mean you could be speculating on names and stuff all the time, which is is really kind of pointless. One thing that was disappointing tonight: Their uh, defensive line just came up in a the line. They left a lot of space in behind, and that's part of the the homework because they obviously knew that nobody was going to kick. And even when they had a, a, a winger at fullback when Kieran uh, Gaffney went off, we still didn't try to exploit that. He should have been run around you got to move him around and see is he capable under the high ball or ter- turn him yeah. he's not a full back but he was never really asked any questions and well there was a couple of kicks in the first half where Ronaldson saw space and put the ball
0: in behind but that was it never tried it again certainly not in the second half I think I think I said it to you during the game they were actually playing a 14-1 defence they had 14 men in the line and one guy back and we still didn't kick
1: yeah and that's maybe the fact that they weren't able to fix it on the hoof they, were, they weren't seeing and, and this this comes back again all the time to playing what's in front of you not playing a system or playing the, the system is you play what's in front of you and I think that's what I would take from what Kieran Kane said is the failure to correct it uh, actually it came from the very first scrum do you remember the first scrum there was a bit of a
0: bubble at the bottom of the of, of, of the, the scrum and the ball was labourly throwed, thrown out and yet they kept the move going they tried to make the move happen even though they were going backwards and and I said it to you, I said, well, "Geez, why did they keep going? Why didn't they just change up what they were doing? All they needed was for them to take the ball up, reset and get going again. But they didn't. They tried to continue to move even though they were going backwards. So as you say, wasn't much thinking going on out there today.
1: No, and um, look, all they can do is put it behind them. They, 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 yeah. just, they can analyse it and then you've got you've got to move on. But it's a bad time of the year for a result like that to happen. It shouldn't happen. They should be able to beat Zebra I know they we're missing a few players they're missing players as well they came with a better game plan they appeared to be more up for it and they beat us up and they deserved it
4: I don't know for me that's the whole game was Connex kind of failure <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to give Zebra Zebra didn't have to do anything to to win that game they didn't have to didn't have to care about
0: oh, no, no, no I disagree their no, handling no, was no, excellent no, no, tonight absolutely. they they were no. they were passing the ball well they they they, if they you're still not, have to hold on
4: have... if you're not asking if you're not asking the, uh, questions of any attack if you're not asking, if you're asking them zero questions well then they're going to look great that, yeah, oh, they, still sure.
0: to, they still have to do something going forward. I, I get what you're saying. In defence, they didn't they, have to defend very well, but I thought, I thought, oh, they, I thought they, they, ran they ran well.
8: Some lovely lines, and I thought their breakdown work was good. I thought most facets of their play was actually quite good in comparison, in comparison to Connaught. So, you know, if Connaught doesn't measure more, we'll meet up with that, then obviously there's only one winner. It doesn't mean to say that Zebra were bad because tonight they were better. Yeah. Simple as.
0: I agree. I agree. William, you, you interviewed Tommy Bow. Stay calm, Linley. He interviewed Tommy
1: Bo a couple of weeks ago and we're going to hear what, what he had to say. Yeah, he was here at a fan event for Aviva just before the start of the uh, Six Nations on that day when we snuck that win in Paris. And uh, I had a chat with him. He's coming to the end of his career. He's had a great career for Ireland and Ulster and the Ospreys and uh, forever associated with that uh, famous try. But uh, here's what he had to say. Tommy Bowe, you're very welcome to Galway. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. And what has you in our fair city
9: on the first weekend of the Six Nations 2018? <laughs> I'm here in the G-Hotel uh, with Aviva at an exclusive customer event where we're bringing uh, along 250 or over 250 Aviva customers to watch the match, have a bit of fun, and uh, you know look forward to hopefully a good Irish win.
1: An event like this... Uh, in your career, you would have been doing something completely different on an international Saturday. You'd have been on that bus with the headphones on. And How different is the feel now to be, to be doing something like this?
9: Yeah, it's, um, it is a bit different, of course it is. You know, you'd be getting to that stage now where we'd be looking to head to the game. Uh, the nerves would be absolutely kicking in. Uh, it would have been a long morning, but... You know, these are the games that you relish. These are the games that every player wants to be a part of. Um, and I think for me, it was always once I got onto the bus, you know, the the nerves just seem to disappear. That's when I knew you're into game mode, and and the excitement starts to build. So, to be here, of course, it's a little bit different to have to watch it on the television. Um, you know, of course, I'd love to be there uh, for what what promises to be a really uh, to be a great game, and hopefully Ireland can do the job over there. But um, you know, I, I, Listen, it happens to everybody. You can't be at every game, so have to just enjoy it and, and be a supporter like everyone else.
1: Looking back, uh, I think the day that resonates for fans, and I was at an event last night that I was on a panel, and we saw the famous try in Cardiff in 2009, which you're probably asked about daily or maybe weekly at this stage. But what are your memories of that particular day? Because it really resonates. It, it, it got a lot of attention last night from the fans who were there.
9: Yeah, I think since you know, since I'm, I announced that I was retiring, you know, people kind of hadn't mentioned it in a long time uh, and all of a sudden, you know, people have, you know, kind of mentioned it and talked about what a great day it is and I suppose as a player very much in a bubble, you kind of go, you know, we played that game and beat Wales and it was incredible to win the trophy but the very uh two days later I was back in Swansea playing with the Ospreys, preparing for a game. So you're very much in a bubble, you move from one game on to the next, and it's only in the last while that I've kinda i I've been shown, you know, what a super day it was for our sport, how much it meant to so many people. And I suppose to be to have been a part of it, to have scored that try, to to have been there when, you know, Stephen Jones's kick went short. Um, those are the sort of memories that you know you live on that you'll you'll remember forever and that atmosphere i just never forget you know back in the change room how everybody would think there's you know popping champagne and it's just going crazy but it was just such relief everybody was sitting there just knackered but um with such a sense of of happiness that they've they've got you know we got the job done we we've won the first you know grand slam in 61 years and um, I probably celebrated a bit too much that evening.
1: <laughs> well, you're fully entitled to that. Later on in 2009, a game that will stick in my mind was the second Lions test in Pretoria. I was at I was at the game in Cardiff. I've watched that game again recently. That was a visceral, hard game of rugby. It was it was absolutely ferocious, and. Um, the Lions came out on the wrong side of it but again will that be one that you would go back to and think or is you know are you more focused on what you did with Ireland or your five Lions caps as important?
9: Uh, That was probably one of the most physically demanding toughest matches I've ever been a part of you know going into that Lions series was as fit and as you know my body felt as good as it's ever felt you know in that Lions series I was Um, You know, it's such an incredible experience to play for the Lions to just be a part of the the tour. Um, And that tour in particular was just, you know, something that I just relished every minute of it. Um, But that second test came down to a kick on the halfway line again, just like that match in Cardiff. Um, So if you were to ask me which kick would I have preferred to have dropped short... um, I think, you know, I'm definitely a lot happier that that kick by Stephen Jones dropped short in Cardiff uh, as opposed to Mournest Dane's kick in in South Africa. So, you know, two, you know, one, you know, incredible experience and one heartbreaking experience. But I think that one with Ireland um, definitely made up for it.
1: Looking at your own career, you you, you were with Ulster and then you went to the Ospreys and continued to play for Ireland, which is something that under the current regime, um, with the exception of Johnny Sexton, uh, it doesn't seem to be possible. And, and I understand that, you know, different management crews have different ways of doing things. But did you gain any particular insights by leaving Ireland to play in a different professional environment, albeit in the same competition?
9: Listen, my um, it was probably the best decision I've ever made to move to the Ospreys. You know, but I didn't leave just you know for the sake of it i went away because i wanted to experience something different i wanted at the time i couldn't get into the irish team i was you know i was playing week in week out for ulster um but at the time you know no matter how well i was playing i just couldn't get myself into the team and it, i needed to do something different to try and stand out um and made the decision to go to wales which at the time was a big decision because you know people with the with the ospreys team you know it was full world class players and people Thought that I wouldn't even probably get into that team, um, but for me, it was you know it was a great experience. It, it took me completely out of my comfort zone. It pushed me beyond what I've ever had to train because, you know, whatever about going to a new team and everything else? It's about gaining the respect of your your fellow players and and going over there with the with the talent that they had. I knew I had to push myself beyond what I'd ever done before. So that was you know I, I learned a lot from going over there, but also. Going to the Ospreys meant that I played still in the same league. I knew that I would be playing against Irish opposition once in every three, four weeks. So for the Irish management, you know, who was Eddie O'Sullivan and Deck and Kidney, it was easy for them to still keep an eye on me. You know, instead of having to book a flight off to, to France to see me play, to see one player play, you know, they could maybe fly over to Swansea whenever we were playing Munster or we were playing Ulster and watch, you know, myself and a couple of those players. So so it made it a lot easier. For the Irish management to kind of stay in their their eyesight, I suppose.
1: Looking at the situation now, do you think players would actually benefit to be able to move abroad and still still play for Ireland? Because they're now it's very restrictive the way it's set up at the moment, and there must be players who feel that they might their game might improve. By, by getting an opportunity to play. France would obviously be complicated to play in, but if they got an opportunity to play in England or, or Wales or even Scotland, whatever side would want them, would that be something that maybe should be looked at a little bit more broadly than it is?
9: Not, not really. I think that the current Irish system is very good. Listen, I was very fortunate I was able to go and play abroad and still get picked for Ireland. But I knew that whenever I was doing that, I had to be, you know... 50% better than you know my my opposition player at home. That I knew if it was a 50-50 decision between myself and a player, you know who was playing in Ireland, that I I expected them to get the call. So it was a real onus on me that if I was playing abroad, I knew I had to to be playing the top of my game. Um, but I think you know coming back to Ireland was you know the the to play in Ireland. It's it's um you know it's fantastic for the for the provinces you know you can see in europe how well the provinces are going and um, that's not because you know that's that's because all the best players are staying in ireland because there's mega competition within the provinces to get on that team and because each player is having to fight tooth and nail to stay in the team it's making them play at the top of their game which therefore translates into the provinces being doing so well in the league and in Europe. Um, and also, you know, you look at going into this Six Nations, that a lot of the other countries, the injuries that that they've all got, you know, you look at the injury list, it's mega. Where Ireland, you know, bar one or two players, we are pretty much at a full strength squad. So I think that the player welfare system within Ireland is fantastic too. They look after their players and, and get, you know, the get the best out of them, and and certainly the way the game is going nowadays, longevity in rugby is becoming less and less, and I think a player playing in Ireland will get a lot better looked after than if he was to go abroad.
1: Ulster have had a a very in-and-out season this year, and obviously Europe was a disappointing end for them. There's there's stuff going on in the background, which we're not going to talk about, but this week, were you surprised that Les kiss left with immediate effect?
9: um well, i think it was a a mutual decision between ulster and les um this myself and les go back a long way um i have you know i get on great with les we you know we'll be very close on and off the pitch i think that um you know going back to whenever les first came in as defense coach with ireland you know he was he was just a real breath of fresh air he was a really sound guy you know everybody got on well with him um, and I think just the way things have gone in Ulster over the last couple of years has been just very difficult for him between, you know, some co- the coaches uh, leaving at the end of last season, new coaches coming in, you know, all sorts of stuff going on, on and off the pitch. And I think that just was a difficult time. So, um, you know, I'm sad to see Les go, but I think that, uh, you know, the decision was made and you know, John O'Gibbs, who's, who's now taken over as head coach, is, listen, he's a fantastic coach, he's serious pedigree with the, the teams he's worked in before. Um, you know, he's been a real breath of fresh air since he's come in to Ulster himself, Dwayne Peel, Aaron Dundon. So I'm excited about what lies ahead.
1: And would there just be a little feeling that there has been underachievement and it's something now that we'll have to you know, this is like a line in the sand opportunity for the players and the management going forward. They've there's still plenty to play for in the Pro fourteen. Um but and you, you're still you're seeing pl- players like Jacob Stockdale coming through, so the system is still producing, but there is just it needs to tighten up a little bit
9: there's no doubt about it you know we haven 't played to our capabilities this year, um, you know we show glimpses of playing great rugby, but then you know show glimpses of complete rubbish too so' it's, it, it has been a frustrating season for the players for the coaches and and massively for the supporters. Um, To be out of Europe now is disappointing, considering we're in a great position. Um, But now we just have to to focus on on the league. Um, You know, it's going to be my last season. I would love nothing better than to finish off on a high, having won some silverware with Ulster. Um, So, and I've been a part of teams that have have won the league. I know it just takes a bit of confidence to go on a run. Um, And I think that, you know, we have the squad that's there to do it. So hopefully over the next couple of weeks we can, you know, Get a couple of wins under our belt, start to get a bit of confidence, and who knows where we go from there.
1: Andy, are you? How is your injury situation? Are you are you ready to go for, for this? For, for what is the crucial end part of the season? And there's still a lot of rugby to be played.
9: Yeah, there's a lot of rugby to be played, and yeah, I hope to be playing a, a large part of it. Um, shoulder feels pretty good, um, so I should hopefully be back in maybe the next couple of weeks.
0: Okay, that was Tommy Bo. Stay calm, Lily. stay calm. Um, so we'll just go straight into any other business. Packy. I
4: lost my cap.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I feel for you, Packy. I feel for you. I know, you like a cap. Alan. I do. But I lost my cap. No, uh, the, my uh, any other business here was um, everybody in the clan saw tonight. Um, uh, guys is in Corinthians, um, they have a uh, lovely. Um, uh, Mixability rugby uh, that goes on every Saturday morning, and um, it's run by Derek Nyland He's the he's the main guy involved there. It was just wonderful to see them out there because I see them every Saturday. I see the the it's not work. They put in the fun. They put in, and it's just there's more fun out of the club because of it. Um, There's great kids out there. They're lovely, you know, lovely boys and girls. uh, Very nice parents, and um, they're you know they really get involved and get stuck into it. So I I just like to. Give them a bit of uh, a bit of acknowledgement for that. Um, I know Derek well. Um, he's boy Jarlet. Uh, they're great. they great fun. It was just, it was. Just, it was uh, did your heart go to see it today? Uh, that yeah. was the positive out of tonight. <laughs> Fair enough. We knew we'd find someone there, Frankie. Yeah. Lily.
8: Yeah, I agree actually about that. I think it's, I think it's brilliant to see those 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 children out there. I know they were supposed to play a match at half time but they couldn't because the pitch wasn't mm-hmm. even playable for them. But it was delightful to see them out there. Um, My Any Other Business, last week I mentioned um, the Brown Brothers. Mm. Since then, of course, we know that it was hard to watch Andrew Brown being, getting injured on his, just on his return, but as it turns out, I had a chat to him on Tuesday, and he was in, I think, Manchester Airport on his way to Antigua, and of course, had he been not been injured, he would not have been able to go, and he said there was a silver lining in all of it, because he was able to, they have a down week in three weeks, so because of his injury and he can't train, he was able to say, he was able to swap his down weeks. So he was able to go to Antigua, and it was a surprise because um, Damien obviously wasn't aware that he was going to be over there, along with his mother Mary and father Mary and Joe and his sister Gillian. And I have to say, it was quite an emotional welcome for Damien when he, crossed, when he arrived into Antigua and in, in Nelson's Dockyard. There was quite a, a, a good group of um, lo- lo- the most, mostly local people, obviously, but because it was, he was the last mm. rower to finish... It was almost like it was the end of the event and the completion of the event. And you just think when he's been rowing for sixty-three days, I think it was. Um he was actually finished slightly earlier than what he had anticipated because um they had thought he was going to finish in the early hours of Friday morning, but in fact it was a little bit earlier. And he I think just even looking at him, he it has taken its toll on his on his on his body. Um he's looking very lean and yeah. fit and mean and uh <laughs> And I think he did struggle. I was talking to Andrew about it, and he said he sensed that he was certainly struggling in the last three days as he got closer and closer. I think he had a lot of sores on various areas of his of his of his physique. <laughs> <laughs> and but as, I just find it just incredible, and as, as even as Andrew said that, people turn around and say to Andrew, "Oh Jesus, I wouldn't be able to do that." And Andrew's looking at and going. Well, no, 99.9% of the population isn't so able to do it. So I just think it's an amazing, amazing feat that he has achieved. And, you know, I just, I think myself along with just about everyone else who has been responding to all his, his Facebook messages are just blown away by his determination.
4: Yes, well done. I was just laughing at something I read about this week um, they said uh, with his little brother Andrew (laughs) (laughs) little brother although when you see the size of Damien
0: Andrew,
1: Andrew
4: is the little brother
0: he is indeed so yes great work Damien well done William do you have any other business?
1: Yeah, one positive tonight uh, from one, a, from oh, wow. from a refereeing perspective, keeping players behind the kicker at the kickoff. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's been a directive, and uh, Mr. Adamson, I think that was, yeah, the name was of his name him. Yeah. He was keeping his eye on that, and fair play to him because it's been driving me nuts for years, where players just seem to be able to wander around offside at any kickoff or drop out.
4: Hold on a minute. After their second try, was it? The only player behind the ball when Connex were kicking off was Craig Robinson <laughs> <laughs> well, well I didn't I didn't I didn't, didn't say he was doing it for both
0: teams <laughs>
5: <laughs> do you want to finish off the annual business uh, yeah just uh, best of luck and get well soon to Alison Miller who had a horrible compound fracture against Italy last week and uh, it's going to be a very long rough recovery so best of luck with her and hopefully we'll see her take the field again as soon as possible it'll be some time I'd imagine thanks everyone we're going to leave it here it's not quite as
0: cold as it was last week but it's still a bit in the chilly side um, and I'll send this file off to you Emmett to get some editing done and chop, of chop, course <laughs> my, my any other business is, is the obvious one really the, the poster's are still not painted but there we go cheers folks <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye <laughs>